the easier the acronym, the better for somebody. <laughs> okay. They can always come back to something that they remember, that they wake up, they sleep, uh, and they can, oh, yeah, I still remember those three things. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. Appreciate y'all joining us today. I have got an old friend here that's joining us on the show, Dylan Miller. He's the national sales manager over at Perfect Vision. He started out in door-to-door and became a dealer and then eventually became a heavyweight at one of the biggest distribution companies for home services nationwide. More importantly, Dylan is working on becoming a sales program consultant with Argenta Consulting and the Building Great Sales Teams team. So we're excited about that. Uh, so Dylan, welcome to the show, first off. Thank you very much, sir. Honor to be here. All right, brother. So we met, I want to say, was it 17 or 18? Who got a, I think 17. Yeah. So 2017, Brian O'Loughlin introduced, uh, introduced you to me. And I think you were doing a sales training in person for my team. And, and, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm rolling my eyes, another freaking distribution company guy, another, you know, company, you know, uh, AT&T or DirecTV guy, another one of these guys that does not know what they're talking about, going to do a training (laughs) in my sales training. And dude, you blew me away. I was like, holy crap. Like, and once we talked after that, I think we went to dinner or something like that. And you had told me that you came from door to door. You started out as a rep. You promoted yourself to an owner. You know what I mean? Um, then I knew I was like, okay, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Now it makes sense, you know. And so, um, I guess walk us through that that journey a little bit. You know, you you graduated college, and I would imagine you started door to door before that. But you know, when somebody's in college, they're not thinking I'm going to end up in door to door. So how did that work out for you? That's a very interesting question, and hopefully there's an interesting answer. Uh, for me, uh, I actually did never ended up doing anything door-to-door, remotely door-to-door, uh, until after college. Uh, for me, it was more of a, something that I was looking to kind of sharpen my teeth on and interviewing skills. So the only experience I really had was in an office setting, and I, I the, the, the setting was radio. So I would have spent a portion of my day going, you know, out to local businesses. And what I was finding was, you know, that that's a a tough sell for people who are small local bike shops, things like that for thousands of dollars of radio ads over, you know, long buy periods, things like that. Um, And that that got me really used to a sales cycle that was long-term really quickly. Uh, And then I realized that wasn't necessarily for me yet, or I didn't feel like I was, skilled enough to kind of handle those types of sales, even though someone already believed in me uh, and wanted to hire me for that role. I think I was really more so into it, like, oh, maybe I can get myself on the radio with this type of job eventually. Uh, and then what I found was, you know, even that person, even if you're Howard Stern, you know, you you have someone to answer to. You have a lot of people to answer to. Yeah. Um, so I started understanding a little bit more about entrepreneurship of the guy who actually purchased that radio station and started to do a lot of cool things there. Um, 
you know, I wish I could have spent more time and, and to see how that grew, but I, I follow them obviously on social media, things like that. And got to mm-hmm. see how they get to, to build up. But nevertheless, that, that was my first uh, sell was selling a guy who had done everything he could to get me to work at his company. You know, I, I went after college to a small program in Ohio, at Ohio University. And it was about three weeks or a month of a paid internship. So the, the guys who run the, the channel TEGNA, Tegna, uh, out of Texas, that, that group actually put us, on, put us up for a month it just to, to learn the ins and outs of uh, media sales, whether it be in radio, newspaper, you name it. Um, and then I, I saw a lot of where technology was going. So I wanted to be in the TV and internet business. Mm-hmm. And for the guys that I was bumping shoulders with uh, at those kind of things, it, you know, they, they really laid it on, you know, you really got to grind it out. You got to go back to that radio gig and, and get yourself a lot of experience uh, to eventually, you know, run a channel, a market, things like that. Right. So I, I decided to get off that ladder and get onto one where I thought I could get, you know, a quick paycheck, quick big boy paycheck in my mind. Mm-hmm. And when I started working for a company where I was managing rental properties, I got a lot more of the extreme version of what it's like to be in a remote work job, except for you had to be at the time, this is pre-COVID stuff, you know, five days in the office. So yeah. being, being stuck in that cubicle made me realize I wanted to do field work or I wanted to do something where I got to bump shoulders with people. Mm-hmm. I just packed up my stuff and I drove to Ohio and uh, I was crashing with a buddy for a couple of weeks. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to do some interviews. And I, I did. And I stopped there in Columbus, Ohio, and I started knocking doors. And I think it was what really kept me there was a combination of the people who were, were excited that I was there and mm-hmm. the new skill set that I knew I could build quickly. Um, so that's how I went to door to door was I, you know, actually was sleeping on a buddy's couch and, and ended up moving in with him a couple months later and mm-hmm. Ohio, Columbus, Ohio for a year. Awesome. And, and, and that's how it happens, isn't it? It's like, you know, you get in that situation and, um, you make that decision for the time being, you're like, oh, this is just what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to learn something new, develop my skill set, uh, whatever the case is. And it ends up being like holy crap, opens up a whole new world, right? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think if anything, fortune favors the bold, right? So mm-hmm. as long as you have integrity of leaving something and going into the next one, uh, then everybody's behind you. A hundred percent. And and everybody loves the, the hero story. You know what I mean? Going yeah. against the grain and being able to do what nobody else could, right? And so walk me through that a little bit. You know, you join this company how do you how do you eventually end up being an owner? Yeah, so I spent um, the pretty much the first part of the first four months just understanding who I was working with. Um, I, I honestly had no vision, no goals other than oh, you know, this can get me to a place where I can manage uh, people, and that was what I thought I wanted. I wanted to be you know in a managerial role to because I, I quickly found out through um, doing a few doors that. It was really hard for me to do, but once I got past it, I enjoyed teaching other people that same skill set. I really enjoyed getting, you know, turning a hard no into a yes uh, for people. And that challenge became something really cool to me. I, I really enjoyed getting somebody in. I enjoyed learning the interview process and 
and really mapping out everything it takes to become a, somebody that would not only manage, but own a business like yourself, right? Uh, sales, training, management, recruiting, you know, kind of the four pillars of entrepreneurship. And, it, you know, like you're saying, it's, it's funny how day by day, minute by minute, something will just pop into your head or become an example for you and change mm -hmm. the way you think about stuff. Um, so, like I said, I spent about the first month, few, few months learning the, the environment. And I was the, the guy that was training me had, had taken me to a lot of different versions of offices so I could see the good, the bad and the ugly and right. kind of put my own stamp on it. Or, or I guess create the vision to put my own stamp on it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that doesn't get done enough in our industry. You know, they lay it out on a sheet of paper and it all looks pretty and everything. And there's these big checks behind all the results that you're going to get but they don't take you to the offices and show you, like you said, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I think that's important, right? Whenever, yeah, cool. whenever we're developing like a comp plan or something like that, you know, my clients want to put their best person's, you know, numbers on that comp plan as an example. And it's like, that's not the example. Let's back that off about 30% or 50%. They've been in the business for two years. You know what I mean? They've got their feet under them. They're consistent. You know, they've, they've got the nuances and the complete skill set down but set the expectation maybe a little low early on, show them the potential, right? Mm -hmm. Show them that line item of that person doing that and that they're there at the company. You know what I mean? But don't sell uh, them the dream, sell them the reality. Right. You got to sell them both. That's a, that's, that's a big deal. So what do you think? Okay. So you, you've gone, you know, from doing the, the doors to being an owner eventually, and then getting recruited by a perfect vision in order to go work with them. And now you're a national sales manager for them. So basically, um, your position now, you're teaching dealers how to build their sales programs. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's pretty interesting because you could talk to somebody who's got, you know, been in the business in, in different channels for 20 plus years. Uh, and mm -hmm. it, what I like is the collaboration because of the environment that we're in with tech, you know, TV, Internet kind of stuff, the technologies uh, really something where people have to adapt or die. So they're, the, the space is filled with people who are consistently trying to learn new stuff, uh, mm -hmm. trying to get with the best people and network with the right uh, folks to get them in the right place. And that's one thing that I really enjoy is, is bumping around, bumping shoulders with people, so many different backgrounds, so many different understandings or perspectives. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, the you know technology is regional most of the time too. It doesn't reach the center of the country. Uh, and, you know, until that last wave, I guess you will, the, the late adapters. And so working with people anywhere from, you know, start to finish is something I like to, to download and understand an entire program to get there, to get them to understand. Um, so what I try to take a lot of responsibility for is if I don't know my stuff, how would I expect you to know your stuff? Um, so I, I really try. And I think that's what you and I you know, hit it off so well before, Doug, because you and I both came from experience. And a lot of people don't see the sacrifice uh, or the sacrifices or any of the work that's done until mm -hmm. you get to that until you get to that meeting in front of everybody. And you can see everyone's tired. You can see everybody's putting work in. Uh, but when yeah. you're able to, to read, relate and relax with them and get them mm -hmm. to be on your side. Uh, with you and you see that you, you, you can they can see that you're on their side uh, I really enjoy getting to that point with people because that's where 
you start to take off. You know, I didn't, I didn't even, I thought the, the preamble to becoming a manager or promoted to run my own show was mm -hmm. the hardest work, but it really doesn't start until you become a manager, right? All yeah, the other yeah. stuff is just getting your, your own mind right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dylan. So you walked us through a couple of the benefits of that transition and, and collaborating with dealers, putting yourself out there more and, and learning and growing from that. Um, since you are collaborating with so many different business owners that are sales centric, their whole businesses are centered around sales. Uh, what do you, what do you see as the biggest mistake that dealers are making right now? Is it recruiting? Is it training? Is it culture? What, what is something that's consistent across the board that you're like, we've got to fix this in order to have growth. It's training. You said the word right there. Um, I, every time I have a bad experience at a restaurant or anything, I, I think of the word training. I go, that person mm -hmm. just wasn't trained well, or, or that person isn't still being trained. Um, one of the things I learned in management is, you know, once you get somebody to a level that's able to do the same, like it lists, for example, door to door, you know, once I get somebody to be able to support themselves and I teach them how to do their own sales, well, I can't just forget about them. They are going to go through the same things that I've gone through, right? They're going to have their ups and downs even beyond that point. So it's also about managing that, that cycle of them. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of times people shy away from the realities of what people are going through to, to not get them to that next level or that next point in their sales career. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I really think it just, if somebody takes a little bit more responsibility towards, you know, how they feel that, they're training somebody or how well they feel they've trained somebody, uh, then mm -hmm. I think we could solve a lot of problems just in America in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, and, and that's that form of extreme leadership that happens. Right. And, and some people have it naturally and some people have to develop it. You know, the first time you listen to like uh, Jocko Willings and you're like, Oh shit, he's right. At the end of the day, it all falls on me. You know what I mean? No matter what position I have in the company. Right. Um, but it, it was very natural in the beginning because I, I was very uh, number centric and system centric. I always looked at, and, and I was, I was impacted by another consulting company before I even got into door to door. I was working for a real estate company, right? And they hired this consultant to come in and help them with the team synergy, you know, the communication between the team. And uh, one of the things that I love that came in, they went after the systems first. They said, you guys don't, have an issue with Bob in accounting or Sally in HR or uh, Dylan managing the sales team, you guys have a systems issue. And anytime we have a problem in a company, we're going to blame it on the system, figure out how we can fix the system. And so we would, you know, as we were growing as a dealer, we would sit in these meetings. And, and of course, my, my employees first instinct is to say, well, so-and-so and, you know, right. this person, and, you know, we, they may not be the right person for the job. And, I would always ask, how can we fix the system to eliminate that bad habit that they have? If they have this bad habit, let's adapt the system, not to necessarily that bad habit, but to everybody's potential for having that bad habit, if that makes sense. Yeah, and absolutely. So if we adjust the system based on that, then, then we're in good shape. And when it comes to salespeople and sales managers, anytime you can automate something, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That where they don't have to do it anymore. They got the human error. Yeah, yeah. And they can focus on sales, then you're winning. You know right. what I mean? They they and feel so, comfy and you feel comfy. Absolutely. And and that's that's one of the first things I go after with clients is is their training. 
you know, and, and it, it drives me nuts. They think, uh, they think, uh, you know, that this person can just absorb their genius in a couple right. days and then they could send them out to the wolves and good luck. You know what I mean? Like with no structure, no systems, no controllable actions and targets and, you know, uh, nothing set up. And, it, and it's funny because every one of them says, oh, I've got a great training process. Right. And they start telling me it and I, and I say, show me, show it to me. Mm. Like, what do you mean? Where's the data? Well, you can't pull up a document and show me what your training process is. Okay, that's why you hired me. <laughs> you know I mean, right. we're going. We're yeah. gonna take that that's, that genius that's in your head, and we're gonna put it in systems and documents. That's, that's why I love your system, Kodok, so much. Is because yeah. it, it, the simpler you can make things, the better. You know, I've trained mm -hmm. somebody that just quit Pixar and used to, you know, hang out with Steve Jobs, versus yeah. you know, a brand new eighteen-year-old kid who literally has done nothing ever, and it's just this is their first job. Uh, and, and the space in between, I think, is managed by what you're saying is like the true mm -hmm. colors and the systems. So the, the systems everyone has to have there to have a level set playing field. Uh, people show their true colors once they uh, maneuver within your systems. A hundred percent. So um, what do you feel like a great training program is composed of? I mean, you have a structure that you like to teach your dealers or are, have you seen one inside dealerships that you're just like, oh, this is it right here? I, I simplify. I, the best one I've ever heard is the, the most simple one I could get to. And I, that's what I found just over the few years I've been doing sales, you know, nothing mm -hmm. crazy. But the easier the acronym, the better for somebody. <laughs> okay. They can always come back to something that they remember, that they wake up, they sleep. Uh, and they can, oh yeah, I still remember those three things, right? I'm laughing because your answer for everything is an acronym. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I remember yeah. this. And then whenever, uh, you know, I asked you to start posting in the building great sales teams group, the first thing you post is freaking acronym. I'm like, yep. that's the Dylan I remember right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So walk us through some of those. So that acronym, it, the, the number one, uh, to get to somebody, get to somebody, their training better and their mentality better is build, break, build. Um, right. just, I, I like to, to build you up on exactly what happened, uh, what, I, what I just saw happen. I'll break down what needs to be done next and I build you back up. Uh, for example, you know, Doug, let's just say you and I uh, knock a door and you don't use an icebreaker. I'm going to say, you know, Doug, that was a great job, you know, actually throwing out uh, hi, how you doing? My name's Doug, but you forgot the icebreaker. This person right. now automatically sees you as somebody that's trying to sell them something. So you've got to get your foot in the door some way. Mm -hmm. So this next door, actually for the next three doors, I need you to give me your best icebreaker, period. You got that for me? Mm -hmm. So what's a good acronym for, for remembering icebreakers? Um, well, for icebreakers, I've, to be honest with you, I think everyone has something different in their, yeah. in their arsenal. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, what I found on the doors always worked for me was, hey, am I in time for lunch? No, I'm just kidding. My name's Dylan. And, and yeah. that worked. Yeah, that worked yeah. to, to get me in the door because of my personality and the way I would do it. Um, but one of the things that you want to avoid is like the Superman theory, where if somebody's brand new and they see you just absolutely execute with yeah. no flaw, they're going, oh, there's no way I could ever learn to be like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But to what your point is, it's easily uh, attainable if I have a system in front of them to show them how to get there, right? Oh, hey, sure. I was just like you five years ago, and then I did this mm -hmm. every single day. 
And now I, I can do it in my sleep. Absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree more. So um, in your, I guess, career, how long have you been doing a version of sales now? Uh, 2014. And so one of the things that you like to talk about a lot is relationship building, right? Yeah. So what do, what does that mean to you and how do you intentionally build relationships? I intentionally build relationships by, uh, with amusement, with delight. You know, I, I do it because I, I understand I, I get, to, I draw that line in the sand with people. I understand your personality type. If, if you're coming off a certain way, but that's only because through practice, right? Okay. So I, I understand the early, middle, late adapters. I understand that you know a lot, of, a lot of people just need a little bit of education uh, of what you're doing. But if that's the necessity, how do I get to the point in your mind where you're willing to be educated from somebody that just knocked on your door, just stopped you on the street, just stopped you in a Walmart, just right. called you, whatever that way is? Uh, the best way I can do it, drawing a line in the sand, is just explain what's going on in your life, in the world, in the culture that day. You know, yeah. um, let's see what, what we just had Easter, right? If I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm calling a, a contact the day before Easter, I'm starting off with preemptive strike. Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Customer, I understand tomorrow's Easter. That's why I'm calling you now. I don't want you to have to be worried about, you know, what's going on in the middle while you're, you're looking for the eggs. So mm -hmm. you got two minutes for me, don't you? Right. All right. Great. Here, let's go into it. Um, right. Yeah. And it creates instant, instant relation. Right. We, we, we both have Easter coming up tomorrow. You know I put saying? myself we're in, in the same boat with yeah, you. Right? We're, we're in this together. <laughs> right. Let's, let's, let's figure out how much time we need to spend together to, to mm -hmm. determine how, you know, uh, happy you're going to be. So, so that's a great icebreaker. Um, how do you recommend, you know, and, and let's look at all situations, you know, over the phone, in person, you know, uh, now, now a big one, you know what I'm saying? And you're, you're, you're going to get introduced to this big time is the dms you know and yeah. then of course door to door what are some of the ways what are some of the best ways that you've been able to build rapport with customers or teach your people how to build rapport um well just like you said i'm learning from you right now that it's about showing people the way uh mm -hmm. it's not about one thing you know i think when i originally spoke to you a long time ago i was like hey i'm thinking about doing this own thing by myself you know, I'm thinking about creating this, you know, door to door with Dylan kind of experience on Instagram and be that kind of right. be my thing. And you opened my eyes up to a little bit more than that, right? Hey, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's just one petal of the entire flower. You've got right. way more uh, that could blossom there for you. Yeah. Um, so building rapport, I think, it just comes from being honest with people mm -hmm. straight away. You know, I, I think what a lot what I'm learning in uh, solar sales and, and teaching people, or sorry, learning that. Mm -hmm. people try to teach you the way that they're doing it. And right now, just from a system, but they don't throw any sizzle in there. So right. I feel I've always felt the best way to build rapport with somebody is just to use, like you're saying, the icebreakers and making sure that somebody understands that you're there. Listen, I I've got a little sense of humor. Uh, I understand that you probably don't want to talk to me that much right now, but here's a mm -hmm. need. Here's a want. Here's something I can deliver for you. How do I get that message to you the way that I feel like you need it? Mm -hmm. I can only, I don't know what I don't know. So I got to ask more questions. I got to, right. I got to be quick, confident. I have to agree with what you're saying most of the time. And I have to keep resuming back into questions. Mm -hmm. 
And when you look at sales from the like 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was all about control, right? Yeah. And now what you're talking about, and I think what you're alluding to is you got to be a little vulnerable. Like, hey, I know you don't want me here. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm saying like, I'm a goofball. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I need to ask some questions, you know, in, in, in order to make sure that this is a good experience for you or to make sure you're even, you know, qualified or want this. Right. And so I'm, I'm going to do my job or whatever. And you get vulnerable with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think people appreciate that right away. You no, know, you're absolutely you, right. I, I feel scale. that. Yo, go ahead. Sir. Yeah. We can scale that all the way through to, you know, in, in integrity and in, in business deals, you know, at the highest level and then taking care of customers long after you technically have to. Right. Yeah. And uh, do pe- people appreciate that. And when you can start building, I guess, a standard operating procedure of honesty and integrity and vulnerability to a degree, I think uh, that wall comes down because everything we're talking about is about getting that wall down. You're right? exactly right. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest real life example that I learned from this was when I moved to California and I don't, I didn't speak any Spanish, but mm-hmm. the, the neighborhoods that I was, uh, you know, knocking in, I, I had to learn something because there was just, you know, out of a hundred doors, I'm talking to 90 people who don't, you know, may not speak any type of English. So if that's the case, then I have to adapt. And what I saw people would let me into their home way more often on was that they saw me putting forward the effort to try and speak their language. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that the French are ever going to get on board with Americans even trying to speak uh, a little French right over mm-hmm. there. But I, I could see the appreciation in people's faces and in their eyes when and obviously in their homes when they would let me in because yeah. I, I tried really hard to at least pre-qualify somebody to tell them, you know, I put in the effort myself to say, hey, I feel like you are. You feel like you're not qualified for this. And that's mm-hmm. where people, you know. If I tell them so they're not qualified for it, they're going to want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love it, brother. And that's that's incredibly important stuff because I think a lot of people have the closing tactics now, like closing is sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I see it, if you run through your quali- or your intro and you qualify the right way, and you have, you have customized it for that customer, it's not about closing. You know what I'm saying? Because by the time you get to the closing, it's just next steps. The deal's already done because you've done such a great job of customizing your presentation to that customer. Yeah. Uh, intro, easier intros for an easier close, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. So I want to illustrate something here. One of the things that I preach, you know, I had an experience uh, about a year and a half ago, and I posted about this in the Building Great Sales Teams group today, actually, um, where... I was, I was frustrated, right? I had been building sales teams for, at, at that point, like 10 years, 11 years. And uh, I had proven over and over again that I could recruit the entry-level rep. I could recruit, you know, uh, the person that knew nothing about sales that could walk and chew gum, and like, teach them how to sell, you know? And, you know, I say I, but it was our systems, right? We could teach them how to sell. We could train them to become a, a leader, you know what I mean? Um, a assistant manager type leader. And then we could even get them to like market manager to where they're running their own office. Someone right? with real responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. And, and that all works within the system and they, they got what they needed throughout that system. Right. But one of the things I had the hardest time with and uh, it, because I was so good at that, I didn't really care about the, the top performers in the industry. 
I didn't really care about the guy that, you know, um, basically attracting the top players. You know what I'm saying? Sure. People that could could run whole divisions. You know, people that could double, you know, your head count in three months. Those type of players. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and influencers, right? Sure. And so I knew in order to get to the next level, I had to start attracting those people. So, you know, we were at a, uh, you know, uh, a mastermind in Cabo with Stuman, and he asked me, uh, or I asked him, you know, I was like, hey, how do you attract, you know, obviously you have a fucking Lamborghini and you're taking private jet trips all the time. I mean, that, that I get that part. That's the fundamental groundwork. You, right? <laughs> <laughs> you attracted them before all that. You know what I'm saying? Like these sure. guys have been with you for two, three years. Some of them six and seven years, right? And these aren't just like, you know, integrators. These are guys that could easily have multi-million dollar businesses on their own. Mm-hmm. So how did you bring them into your organization? And, um, you know, his first and very simple answer to me was you have to be the example, right? And this was long before he came out with the book called The Example. He was writing it at the time, so that's probably why his answer was that. But um, he basically told me they have to be inspired. If they're inspired by you in one form of your life, then you can get them at an entry level. You can get them to come onto your company. But if they're inspired by you in all forms of their life, then then you've got something there where you can take somebody that maybe is a million-dollar producer and maybe you're a half-a-million-dollar producer, but they want to come work with you to be part of – they want that to rub off on them essentially. Right. You know what I'm saying? They may have a shit marriage, you know what I'm saying? And be falling apart physically, even though they're producing that million, it's not worth it for them anymore. So they want to come be a part of what you're doing because you have it all not balanced, but. But you have a alive. culture they're looking to attach themselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of changed things for me, you know, and uh, I started focusing, you know, I've always been focused on my business, right? And not until I got divorced and uh, started reconciling was I focused on my marriage and then obviously my kids, right? And so I started hyper-focusing on those things, you know, because I wanted to attract those type of people. But I also, like, got vulnerable with it and shared the struggles along the way, you know? And so um, I kind of wanted to illustrate this to the audience. And and I've been preaching this for a year now, you know? if I were to build my dream consultant to work with, like this person that was going to come into the company and be able to, to do what I do at an even bigger level, you know what I'm saying? That, that avatar would be you. Oh. And so let me ask you this. Why did you reach out to me for us to work together? The same reason that we're talking about right now. You know, you have, you're an example for people uh, like me who may have one thing going well for them, but can mm-hmm. see that you've started to fill up those other categories, right? I, I think my generation, even I love you in with that generation. To, is, <laughs> You're being nice. <laughs> is video game culture, right? So yeah. it's like, uh, and I, I try and re- relay a lot of things to imagery. And for that, I always think of, you know, those, those bars getting up, uh, you, you've got mm-hmm. your, some of your bars are, you know, your, your, your fatigue, your things that your, your thing are yeah. way higher than mine. And those are the things that I want to learn from, you know, uh, and the only mm-hmm. way to do it is to play the game. The only way to do it is, is to get up there and do it and find mm-hmm. out what you did or didn't do with consistency. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, I think that the truly the reason I reached out is just because you are an example of somebody that I see, okay, you know, like you're saying, you, you showed the highs, the lows, you show it all. So that mm-hmm. honesty, that integrity yeah. means means a lot to people. And they go, okay, well, at least he's honest and integritous, you know, I, I'll, I'll follow that type of person generally about everywhere. Yeah. No, and I think uh, you illustrating that's a really good point. You know, I'm not just posting the wins and the, and the good stuff, you know, I think around the time you reached out, honestly, I was posting about how shitty my solar division was doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I'm posting this loss, this like, yeah, I think I, you know I mean? was like, Hey, if you need to dump some of those energy drinks, let me know. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so like in the midst of that, you know, you and I start talking and, and, and you're like, Hey, how do I do what you're doing? You know what I mean? And I'm like, shit, I never thought of that. Like I'm so early in this journey. Sure. You know, and then and then it was probably a couple months after um, a couple months after uh, you and I talked, I had another lady reach out to me, you know what I mean? And she had spent most of her career building mortgage teams, you know, and she was the one in behind the curtain, like building the systems, and the uh, the SOPs and the operations and the documents and the program. The wizard. I'm like, it all. yeah, I'm like, what? You know what I mean? And then. Like a it's a weird later. question to get from somebody who builds all that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So like a week later, you know, I get a call from another guy and he's not happy with what he's doing, but he's like, I love building sales teams. That's what I do. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Right. It's like, he, it's like, it's like my branding's on point, building great sales teams. Right. <laughs> you know? But I just you, thought it was so cool. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. It's like seeing from that moment that I had with Ryan a year and a half ago to, to now and seeing that come to, to, and being able to attract it. And, you know, we're by no means ready to bring on three consultants right now, but we're bringing you on and I'm excited about that and uh, the opportunities that we'll have there. And so um, all that, all that being said, right. I want to find out what do you, what do you think with all of your clients right now that you have, you have dealers across the nation, they're mainly doing door to door, but they're also doing like, retail uh in the stores and everything b2b you yeah know, any, so. any type of intercept model uh, i'm doing right yeah so, so um obviously you know there may be some things that training's going really well you know and we talked about you know that being an issue right so let's flip it on the head a little bit and let's talk about what are they doing really well aside from training if they're growing at rapid rates you know what I'm saying? What do you, do you, do you see a key factor somewhere in there? I, I do. And one of the, it, it's one of the things that I saw in COVID during COVID go away and come back and you can see the actual data support why it's a necessity. And it's just the sharing of numbers. If, if I don't ever know who the best is and the worst is, mm-hmm. I'm just the best of a bad bunch. If I don't ever see what the guy in Houston is doing, that's way better than me or making more money, you know, uh, if I don't ever see that data, those examples, then I, I never know what I don't know. Um, so one of the things I saw start to go away was right before COVID was the, the number sharing, right? So right. I deal with a lot of, uh, of dealers who, you know, may work with contracts uh, similarly and, you know, they might piggyback off each other in some instances. Mm-hmm. So making sure that... Um, everybody has a simple place to, to ground themselves in is, 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 is key. 
mm-hmm. to get back to just understanding, oh, okay, well, you know, because like we we're talking about, I can't forget somebody, even though I've trained them to be self-sufficient. So beyond right. that, it would be managing them and their, their ideas of what they see with the numbers. You know, I could have mm-hmm. a guy go out and do his best he's ever done and still fall sh- half short of the guy that's best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see what happens to their attitude, their mentality, when they actually get that data, yeah. that's, that's a key thing to, to, to know someone, to know about someone, mm-hmm. to see how far you can visualize them going in your company. It's a great point. And I was actually just talking to uh, Sean Huckstep uh, from sales rabbit the other day. Oh. And he, he was on the podcast and uh, we've had a relationship since my direct TV days. And uh, he was talking about that. They're adding a new uh, gamification feature into sales rabbit. You know, obviously they have the rankings there, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the basic level of what you're talking about. Right. But then when you start gamifying those rankings into competitions, Yes. It's, it's a whole nother level. And this is not just, you know, and, and, and I get it all the time. Well, that works in door to door. You know what I mean? Like these guys are, you know, they, they have 70, 80 grand salaries and they're paid, you know, 2% of gross revenue, you know, their relationship, builder, their account managers, they're, you know, building their book of business over time. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. If you, if you, if you offer them a thousand bucks for the top writer this week, they're going to jump on that shit. You know You're what I'm saying? Like, move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just dollars. I mean, you and I know that it's not even that, that really gets guys to move. It's that fucking trophy. You know what it's I'm saying? the trophy. It's, it's that the new pair of Jordans. It's the, yeah. the AirPods for some reason. They already have a pair, but because I beat Stu out that's sitting next to me, I want the other pair more than yeah. he does. Well, and then, you know, that, that small stuff, right? So they, you do a competition for a weekend, right? Or you do competition for a quarter and they get like something cheesy, you know what I mean? Like a flat screen TV. We all love those competitions, right? But every time they walk by that fucking 60 inch flat screen TV in their guest bedroom that they never (laughs) watch, but they have a 60 inch flat screen TV in their guest bedroom. And they tell everybody that that's how they got it. I got that TV for free. You know, you're bragging about your... TV that you just got for 1500 bucks. I got it for free. Cause I'm a closer. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? No, but I, it's so incredibly important. And I tried for so long to get AT&T to do that. So at one point in 2014, which was our best year ever, I got them to put out blind rankings of the dealers in South central. Mm. Right. And so, um, you know, and, and for the longest time we were second, we were second second pissed you know what i'm saying but i I already knew who first was because they told me you know what i'm saying (laughs) of course they're gonna tell me right 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 um and so they're putting out these rankings and i'm showing them to my team and my team's getting pissed off you know like we're we're not far behind we're 100 accounts behind or whatever for the quarter and sure enough come q3 14 we smoked them wasn't even close you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but it's because we kept it top of mind the whole time we had a common enemy you know what I'm saying? We got on the same ship like you mm-hmm. were talking about. It's not just for your customers. It's for your your sales uh, teams too, you know? Yeah. But it's just so much fun. Like sales yeah. is monotonous sometimes. It's it's repetitive. You're having the same conversation every day, especially if it's a, you know, a, uh, a small ticket sale, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, you just got to make it fun, right? The yeses have always been louder than the noes for me. Mm-hmm. 
A hundred percent. Even if I was stopping you in Walmart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I always lay this on my guests at the end. I was I was nice and prepared you a little bit for it. Um, but here's the, here's the heavy one. And this is important to me, as you know. And and I and I feel like you ask one question on every single show. The listeners are like, early in the show, they're like, I wonder what Dylan's going to say to the to that. Right. Question, you know? <laughs> and so, what does legacy mean to you? And what legacy do you want to leave behind? Uh, first part of the question, you asked uh, what legacy means to me. I think of Greek mythology. I was a real big history person, and when I was taking classes, or I was taking elective classes, and a lot of the ones I took, I, I look back at it's all things with stories. So anything with a storied past, I was interested in. Um, what I think what made me so interested is the legacy idea of the sacrifice of, that someone takes to go and learn something. And this time, Greek mythology time, maybe for the first time ever. Um, but the sacrifice that they take and they make to go learn all those things and even more so offer that up as an apprenticeship to someone. And then how much weight is off or how much weight is on top of that apprenticeship. That's where I think my answer came from earlier when it comes, you asked me, you know, what's one thing to fix training. And that's one of the things I've always loved about that idea is someone apprenticing for a trades, a skilled trade job. And I think sales is very much skilled trade. And that's the type of legacy that, I, or that's, that's what legacy means to me, an offering of up of information or tactics or tools or whatever it is to get the next class the, to connect generations to a skill or a trade. And then you asked, um, you know, what is legacy? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? It, it's truly to, to weld that together as best as I can to connect generations. Uh, I don't have children currently. My, my brother does. Um, you know, my cousins do, my, my girlfriend's siblings do. And the only thing that I keep thinking about all the time when I think about them too, is what more can I do to leave them more? You know, uh, what can I do to be that example, to keep someone alive, uh, to, to keep them fighting for something, to keep them growing on some certain topic. Um, I, I always heard this. Well, I guess I, I since my grandmother passed during COVID, I, I've always come back to one word, which is honoring. You know, I, I try to do as much as I can from her example to honor mm. her. And one of those things I've done is is cook more at home. Uh, Hell yes. Know, right. So just if I can't go get it or if I can't make it, I don't eat it really much anymore. Um, mm. And that was one of the things that I, I'm trying to honor her by. And one of the things I always heard that stuck with me about legacy is uh, in this life, you die twice. Uh, the first time is when your physical body leaves Earth. The second time is when the last person that has a story to tell about you tells that story. So the last story ever told about you and uh, when you physically leave this earth. So, you know, I feel like we can do so much to, nowadays, especially with the way the media is or any medium. It, you can leave a longer story about yourself. Uh, it's just about what you want that story to say. I love it, brother. I love it. Legacy of information and uh, the impact you're making for your kiddos. And that's going to be huge. Kiddos you don't even have yet, 
You got to get started on that, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like I can be a better endowment uncle or something like that. <laughs> All right, brother. So we've got we've got some cool stuff coming up. I don't even think I've told you about this yet. Um, but I this is me telling you about it, right? This is how good our systems are. <laughs> um, so May 1st, I'm 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 nailing the date down on this podcast. May 1st, we're going to launch uh Building Great Sales Teams Brickyard. Sorry for the interruption, but it is Ryan here. Um, Doug was getting a little excited when he was talking about the BGST Brickyard, and he jumped the gun on that release date. So everything he talks about from here on now is what's going to be available in the BGST Brickyard, but the release date for that is going to be May 8th. We are changing it from May 1st to May 8th. We are super excited to have that launch for you guys, and we can't wait to see you guys there. Let's continue with this episode. Right. So this is this is a private group that um, we're going to uh, charge a monthly fee to be a part of, right? And myself, yourself, and several other experts are going to be in this group available to everybody. And uh, we're going to be doing a weekly group call. Right. So anybody that has a sales team or that wants to build a sales team has that support line there. You know what I'm saying? And then we can jump on the weekly calls. We can go around the room, discuss any issues that we're having in our sales organization or our sales division and uh, deliver some serious value there. And so I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off, but we're working on the course right now. The building grade sales teams course, which I may tag you in on some things for. Um, and uh, whenever you join this group, you're going to get access to that course. And then the sales toolkit that we did the other day, you're going to get access, access to that as well. Yeah, that's been a huge. That's huge tremendous hit. value. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like you're saying, if someone has a place to go in their time of need, you mm -hmm. know, and can round table with different perspectives instead of just, just, you know, this guy's word is gospel. That's right. just tremendous value and especially another thing i've noticed that people really need is to not be beholden to take notes right there at that moment right mm -hmm. to have some kind of structure afterwards that's you know a lot is really valuable to them so that way mm -hmm. they can cl clue in on context and not just keywords yeah there's this tool that i've been using um on zoom calls especially with my consulting clients well, fathom.io mm -hmm. if you've been on a zoom call with me you've seen it recording in the background so what it does is it records a video obviously and then it does the notes transcript and so oh, okay. you know i want to do this to where once we do complete that video uh my team can use that notes transcript and create chapters in the video subjects questions sure. it already records the questions which is pretty cool and then it does a ai summary as well and so that when when you go to your building grade sales teams backend, right, and you log in, you're gonna have access to all the prior videos. But not just that, you're gonna be able to click on those videos and see chapters in there and be able to click on that specific chapter. And if we can pull it off, I don't know how strong the go high level backend is on this. And if Tom Bigley's listening, he's gonna be all over this, I'm sure. But um, I would like to be able to search those chapters. So think about it, like you could just log in and search, um, how do I recruit top level people? And then you get six different videos that we recorded already and has, you know, 10 different suggestions on how to recruit them. 
different scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about as the group, as the group gets older, that content will become more and more valuable. More robust. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do, I see these groups all the time and they're amazing groups. They have amazing people in it. But it's like once you're done with a Zoom call, you yeah, you have access to the recording, but I don't have time to watch the whole damn thing. I want to go right. in and see what I want to see. And that what's important to me in my business, you know? Like if yeah. we do a if we do a, a structured call on door-to-door sales tactics, you know, and we have somebody that does, you know, commercial sales in our group and never really does door-to-door. This is about LinkedIn navigators, what they do, right? Um, they're not gonna get a whole lot of value from that. Mm-hmm. They, they shouldn't have to waste their time going through all that. They so, need to be able to get their snippets. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, we may talk about closing in that video, though, and they want to see that section on closing. You know but not saying? the other 45 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, I mean, I'm excited about it. And I am. I'm probably yeah. pissing my team off right now <laughs> saying that we're going to get it done by then. But, I'm uh, saying your, your team oh, probably well. thinks you're trying to change the name of artificial intelligence to automated intelligence over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, no, I'm excited about it, man. And I'm excited that you're going to be a part of that. And that um, I'm excited for your growth with us. You know what I mean? In uh, building great sales teams and in that the community as a whole is going to have you as a resource moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Because you've been on the ground for 10 plus years now. You know what I mean? And people did, especially now in marketing, because there are a lot of younger people making a lot of noise, they discount that experience, you know, and you can't, there's just, there's no way around it. You've been through every freaking scenario. A lot of people can throw at you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what 10 plus years in the business will do. Meritocracy, right? My man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, 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 when you can speak to it, people want to relate to you more. want to talk to you more. want to find more about you. And that's what I'm honored to be a part of is this community that you're building and you continue to build and uh, join with other communities on. Right. You know, I think yeah. that, already just in the small amount of time I've been here and I've already grown so much since I've started kind of working with you a lot closer. Um, you know, I've already seen like-minded people reach out to me as well. You know, I've, I, there's things that I I thought were in the the quiver for years and years and years. I'm finally just pulling out and executing on, uh, based upon just that momentum of being a part of a community, uh, like you're saying. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Very, very thankful and appreciative. Absolutely. I'm excited about it, man. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.